All right, what's up, we Dwelling Podcast listeners? Episode 44, just a short introduction before we get on with introducing you to the owner of Maui Cyclery. Uh, many of you have seen some social posts or maybe Strava posts of team members climbing the mighty Haleakala. And uh, so we thought we'd introduce you to Donnie, the owner of Maui Cyclery, and uh, get to meet him, who he is, how he runs the shop, how he runs his Maui tours, and how our team is connected to uh, the Haleakala climb and uh, to learn from Donnie. So a great 45 minutes spent with him chatting about his career, how he opened the shop, some advice for anyone going to ride in Maui, and how you can make the best of your trip. So hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you get to meet him personally. What a great guy. Super smart. Uh, very personal and such a hard worker over there at that shop serving uh, all of our team all summer long, all the time, making sure we don't die up on that 10,000-foot climb. So all our thanks to Donnie. Grateful for Maui Cyclery and how they take care of us. Hopefully uh, you enjoy the episode, and all our thanks to Donnie. Enjoy. All right, what's up, everybody? Stuart here with Spencer and Donnie. We're going to introduce Donnie in just a sec. Grateful you guys are on. Welcome. Good to be here. Hey, uh, Donnie's joining us from a totally different time zone. He's in Maui uh, from Maui Cyclery. Chip's going to do a brief introduction to him and his shop and how he's connected to the team. But first of all, Chip, any uh, any big announcements we're working on here before we get started? For sure. Um, team camp is right around the corner and uh, people are getting loud on the group me chatting about getting <laughs> excited and what kind of uh, fun raffle prizes are there and, and great routes. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So on the website, there's just a little link that says team camp 2022 has all the raffle prizes, kit colors, routes. Um, so all the information is housed there. We have over 70 guys registered to do team camp this year. So, uh, should be a blast. We're doing kit pickup next Wednesday, February 16th of a Wasatch six o'clock. So if you've ordered spandex will be there uh everything's prepared and ready to rock so um that's Stu, it, we man. had to have filled um 120 bags last night Thank full God. of hats socks and gear yeah chip me Harmon, and todd did what two hours of putting all the gear together yeah so i'm ready to work in donnie's shop i feel like i'm ready mm-hmm. to <laughs> put spandex on racks right now so yep right <laughs> chip do you want to introduce donnie you know him Absolutely. a lot better than i do let's do it Yeah. Um, Well, uh, we want to welcome Donnie. Some of you have met Donnie that have been over to Maui Cyclery and uh, anyone that has climbed Haleakala has for sure stopped into Donnie's shop. So whether you have met him or not, you'll meet him throughout this podcast and you'll meet him um, in the future as as we work more with him. My relationship with Donnie goes back um, a number of years because Donnie has um, spent a fair amount of time here in um, Salt Lake City with Chris and and Heidi Nielsen, um, John Olson on our team who rides with us. That's that's John's sister, um, and he's so Donnie spent a, a lot of time here in Salt Lake, and I've spent a fair amount of time in Maui. Uh, writing with Donnie. So um, an introduction to Donnie um, is, I'm going to share it, that, that Donnie started cycling during his his freshman year of college in 1983. 
He began road and mountain bike racing in 1985, uh, continued until 1999. In 2001, he started guiding bike tours in, in Maui. Um, we all know that Donnie truly loves people and sharing uh, cycling with them, giving his guests the best experience possible every time they, they ride is, is really Donnie's goal. And so whether that means tips to improve their riding or sharing extra information regarding Hawaii. He's, Chip, yeah. Chip, can yeah. I jump in? I'm going to yeah. jump into the introduction. Yep. Donnie will never remember this, but it was 2014. Me and my wife are on the island. <laughs> We're going up for the first time. And he takes an extra 15 minutes to tell me weather conditions, wind, bottles. And then he says, if you are wet at the top, do not go down you will end up in the hospital. <laughs> and so I got rained on from the ranger station to the top and it was 42 degrees at the top. And you know, when you get to the top, you're like, Oh, I'm fine. I'm warm. In a matter of two minutes, I was like uncontrollably shaking and I could just hear Donnie's <laughs> words ringing in my ear. Like you're going to wreck your vacation if you descend down. So I called Kristen and she came and picked me <laughs> up at the top. Uh, anyway, thank you, Donnie. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get more into that, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, that's a, that's a great ad there. The, the last piece I would say is as um, Donnie loves what he does because he meets amazing people from all over the world, just like Stu's example there. So what, what does Donnie do? Donnie, Donnie is the founder of uh, Maui Cyclery. He lives on Maui. He rides, he surfs, he hikes, he's an outdoor enthusiast. Um, and one of Donnie's quotes here is that, my goal is to help cyclists who come to Maui on vacation to experience what I get to do daily, um, it, which is, cycling and so we're we've uh, Maui cycler he's going on uh, 14 years that he's been over there so Donnie welcome and so good to have you here with us thank you it's actually 21 years now is that right this yeah that I've been doing the, the, I started the tours in 2001 so the shop started 2005 so a couple of years later I got the bike shop going but the the tours was is my primary gig that I started first and the shop was kind of an, an afterthought, but got it. the riding here is just so good. I'm, that's kind of why I did, started doing the tours. I would get questioned daily from people that would see me at the beach with cycling tan lines and a power bar cap on, you know, like <laughs> you must be a cyclist. You got shaved legs, you know, where can we ride? Where can we run a good bike? And it just kept happening over and over. I'm like, maybe there's a, an opportunity here for me to, you know, start a little business. And that's kind of what motivated me to get going originally. And then uh, it's just kind of grown from there. I've ridden with, you know, I don't know, I've, I haven't kept track, but I'd say, you know, 20,000 plus people over the years from all over the world that have come here on vacation. A lot of returning people, which is really cool. And like last year, I had this guy who rode with me in 2000 and uh, 2001. He was 63 years old. I took him up Haleakala. And uh, he had only started when he was 60 and at 63 climbed Haleakala. He was pretty stoked, but then he came back last summer and he's 83 now. And wow. we climbed Haleakala again. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, pretty inspiring 83 year old guy. And he's 
you know, still able to ride a Polyakla under his own power and you know, on a regular road bike. And uh, it was pretty impressive. I had a couple other guys on the ride that day and they were like kind of thinking, oh, this is going to be a slow ride with this guy. He actually dropped him and he was the first guy at the top. So Boom. it was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it was cool to see. So that kind of stuff in, inspires me to keep doing it and seeing people like you guys that come back and, you know, the people that you send here. I was actually in Salt Lake one day at a, I think it was like Lululemon or one of the stores there mm -hmm. shopping with Chris and Heidi. And I get some yell out of the parking lot, Donnie, you know, I'm like looking around some guy I'd done a tour with, you know, a couple of years prior. It was like in the middle of nowhere. It's like, that's nice. pretty cool. That's see so that stuff, cool. you know? So yeah. Yeah. I, I love what I do and I love the people that I get to be with. And it's like guys like you and Chris and Heidi and all the other, you know, Salt Lake people that I've, I've met over the years that come here, you know, and, uh, so that's kind of why I keep, keep doing what I do, do, you know, it's, it seems like, oh, that guy's got an easy gig, you know, going over there, he's riding with people and that's all he does. But I'm running my shop, I'm running my tours, I'm running cycling camps. I, I work seven days a week and only since COVID did I ever get a little bit of a break there, you know, for mm -hmm. six months, we were slow on the tours and slow on the runs, but the bike shop was really super busy because of all the locals wanting to get out on bikes and ride. So I really haven't had that much of a break. I started taking one day off a week, but then, you know, I got too busy again. Now I'm pretty much working seven days a week again. Wow. So, man. Anyway, I'm, I'm fortunate that I do what I do and I really love it. You know, sometimes I need a little bit of a break, but you know, for now I'll take it. I'd rather be busy than not busy. So, well, I was saying to chip before we started there in, it is a, not an easy gig to run a successful, profitable, good shop that people have kind words to say about that do what they're supposed to do that take care of their customers. I mean, it is a, I can't, I can't imagine how much time and effort you put in to making that shop run the way it does. So big yeah, kudos. It's, it's challenging. It's a, and the people, you know, getting help today has been a little bit more of a challenge than it used to be, you know, yeah. the demand for good people is, you know, all the shops across the country are all looking for good people. And it sounds like it's just a common denominator for all of us. And it's even more, you know, a little bit tougher for me. I got a smaller pool of people to pull from than you guys, you know? So, yeah. So yeah. true. Um, anyway. Donnie, let's talk about where this passion began. And you actually grew up in New Orleans. Correct me yes. if I am wrong. Yeah. So no, I grew up yeah, in New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. Take it, take it from there. How does uh, someone in New Orleans say <laughs> cycling is what, and I mean, look at where you from New Orleans to Maui uh, yeah. into the um, into cycling is a, yeah. is a path that is, would be um, tough to explain. You, you, right. you explain it to us. Okay. So yeah, I start as a kid, my dad was a motocross racer. So that's kind of the early days. It was BMX and motocross from five years old. I started riding dirt bikes and bicycles at three years old. And then once I was eight years old, I started racing motocross and BMX. And, uh, and then as I got a little older in high school and uh, up to college, I raced pretty much just motocross. No, no more BMX, just, just did motocross, did high school sports, played soccer and football, basketball, those sports, but my true passion was motocross. And then when I went to college, uh, my family was like, Hey, why don't you take a break from this motocross thing, get your degree. And if you still want to do it later in life, you know, get back into it. So 
I meet a girl in my freshman year in college and her brother's a bike racer and a triathlete. And so I started riding with this guy and he took me to a couple of events and I just fell in love with cycling, road cycling. And then in Baton Rouge, where I went to school, it was at LSU. We had a velodrome track that was built for the um, 84 Olympics. And that thing was an Olympic uh, qualifier. So they had a velodrome in town and I started riding on the velodrome. And then the guy who introduced me to the velodrome was this old British racer named Brian Apsey. And he took me under his wing and basically taught me everything about track racing, mountain bike racing, road racing. And then, so that was how I got started was this guy basically took an interest in me. He had a son that was about my age too. So the two of us were good friends and raced together. And then I started traveling the country racing once I got good enough, you know, up, up in my categories and got to see the rest of the United States. I'm like, I got to get out of Louisiana and get, you know, somewhere where it's better for training and racing. So I moved to Colorado for about a year and a half. I was living in Boulder and Aspen. And then eventually I made it out to Las Vegas. So I was in Las Vegas for about 10 years. I had some family out there. So doing a lot of racing on the West Coast. And then from Vegas, I moved to Maui in 99. So and I was kind of over race and I'd done it for 15 years. And, uh, you know, the suffering, as you know, it's, it's all about welcoming the pain on the bike. And uh, <laughs> so I was like, I was kind of over the suffering thing, but I continued to ride when I moved here and saw how good the riding was. And my passion for the bike is still there today. I, I love riding. I just don't have the desire to race anymore. You know, I kind of get worked up when people come here that are racers I kind of start thinking about that racing mindset and maybe I could go race with the old guys or something, but then I'd like, nah, you know, don't go there. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, went, I went and did sea otter in 2004 or five and I hadn't raced for five years and just jumped in to kind of see, do a little fitness check, you know, see where I was at. <laughs> Got to remind myself how much suffering you have to do just to even hang on in a, you know, regular race, you know, so yeah, I was fine. I, I haven't really raced since then. I thought I was going to train, you know, every year I'm like, I'm going to go do the masters at this next age level. You know, when I turned 40, I was going to do the 40. So I'm like, no, nope. then 45, no, nope. 50, no, nope. you know, now I'll be 57. <laughs> coming up on 57 and I'm like, no, I don't think so. But anyway, it's so, been fun. So, so Donnie, you're in Vegas and then from Vegas, you, you begin to take, kind of like hosted tours into into Maui and then um, that kind of springboarded kind of walk us through that transition from Vegas yeah, so over to Maui. In Vegas I actually had a pro cycling team so I ran a domestic team for three years over there. Um, first year in 97 um, we, we were host we were sponsored by a big outdoor billboard company in Las Vegas and then the following two years, I was uh, sponsored by Outback Steakhouse. And um, I had 10 guys and we had a good team. A couple of guys from Europe came back over and raced for me. So we traveled around, did a bunch of the West Coast stuff, do the nationals, a few bigger events, did Redlands, you know. So we were doing some of the bigger races. And then once I, 99, I decided I wanted to move to Maui. So at the end of the season, that's when I made the move and then uh, kind of dissolved the team. But then once I was thinking about doing this business, it was like basically like running a pro cycling team again, you know, <laughs> you know, you're kind of taking your group. And, and what I did, I was trying to give them the experience of being a pro, like 
how they're totally taken care of. So when my business first started, it was more like a pro cycling experience than what it's currently kind of, you know, morphed into this uh, more of a guided tour business. So I would give everybody, we wore the same cycling kits. We had the same bikes. We had, you know, support vehicle with support help and, and kind of treated them like they were on a pro team for, for a day or two or however long they wanted to do it. And it, that's kind of how it worked. But then once the shop came into the whole picture, the thing kind of changed. I just didn't have the time to, to commit to it. Like I did when I was just tours only. So, but I kept it going. We've done some tours in some other places. I've got, I go to the big Island. I go to Molokai. I've been to France, uh, Holland, England, you know, did some other tours with, with my clients that ride with me here, but now it's pretty much just Maui. Uh, I'm so busy here. I can't really break away and do these other tours. So, but that's kind of how it started was from a pro cycling team to doing these tours. And, in the early 2000s, you know, there wasn't a lot of, of tour businesses out that are currently there now. I mean, there's there's so many people that are doing it. So I was kind of like pioneering it, trying to figure it out back then. Hmm. Insurance companies didn't want to insure me because they, they didn't know what this thing was and they hadn't insured any other companies. I mean, it was crazy what I used to have to pay for insurance just to keep this thing running. You know, that was like most my probably my biggest expense back then. Anyway, it's, it's cool that to see how it's come about and to see the whole Lance Armstrong thing come about, you know, when I first started doing my tours, he was just, you know, starting to come on the scene and people were, were, were starting to, you know, get into road cycling more. And uh, so it was kind of cool. And he used to come here and train back in the early days. So I'd actually get to ride with him. And so it was kind of nice back then, you know, yeah. it would just it'd be just him and I for three, four or five hours, just kind of hanging out going for you know these kind of solo rides and he wasn't uh, the rock star he got he became yet <laughs> it was kind of cool but we were Don, back then so. donnie on that note why why don't you tell the group like your top five um celebrities or pros you can mix a match that you have ridden with while being in in maui i mean there's lance armstrong for one yeah so yeah lance I, I used to ride with him you know mountain bike road bike i've been surfing with the guy he's you know we had a good time back back in the early 2000s and then i mean over the years once you kind of break into the celebrity and rock star thing then they're they feel comfortable with you and they'll you know then they bring their friends and so it's kind of grown over the years i mean i've i've ridden with uh you know, rock star guys. I don't know if they, I should really say all these guys' names because they kind of okay. want to keep it private. Yeah. I don't do, I don't take pictures with them. I don't yep. do many, you know, autographs. I just ride with them. But there's a few that have houses here that call me on a regular basis. And cool. during COVID, some of them were hiding out here. Yeah. So kind of nice to, you know, I would just basically ride with them in the mornings, a couple of days a week. Uh, a lot of pro surfers like Kai Lenny, uh, Laird Hamilton, uh, you know, those guys I've, I've ridden with over the years and they were all kind of on lockdown for COVID. So I was taking them on mountain bike rides, road rides. Um, I've ridden with Andy Hampston and uh, a rider has it all used to live over here. So I used to ride with him a lot, Christian Vandeveld and Tyler Farrar uh, and uh, Andrew Talansky. You know, a lot of those guys would kind of come and kind of hang out and hide out over here and and train for before like the tour of California, before they would go down to do the tour down under, you know, there would be like a three weeks or a month they kind of hang out over here. And I just kind of help. I couldn't stay with these guys for very long, but I could actually, you know, tell them where to ride and where to go. And maybe on some of the roads with a lot of descending, I could, you know, 
maybe make a little time on them and then they go blowing by me and then they turn around, come back and pick me up, you know? So <laughs> anyway, that's, yeah, it's uh, kind of cool. I've got to ride cool. with a lot of kids that were like cat threes and then you watch them develop into a cat two, a cat one, and they become a pro. And it's kind of cool to see that progression from when you first rode with them. And, you know, I hope I helped them out, you know, give them some tips on skills and, and that kind of stuff. So I'm not, I, I, I tell people, I'm not really like a coach, per se, like on how to train, but I can teach you how to ride a bike way better than you currently ride it, you know? So <laughs> nice. tips and being efficient on your bike, it's like, I see a lot of people wasting a lot of energy and I kind of can, you know, help them improve their skills on the bike. And that's kind of what I really like to do, you know? Man. So Donnie, um, when you are, right now you are super busy. We would love to kind of hear what a day in the life is like in in yeah, maui what's the, what's the shop like donnie style shop. what yeah. what and and then transition into when you don't have anything to do on a day or you're totally covered you don't have camp or you don't need to uh, meet clients in the shop what does donnie do what talk to us about your lifestyle <laughs> yeah. so generally i mean i stretch in and do these breathing exercises first thing in the morning like every day mm -hmm. i have to do that if i don't I pay, you know, and as we get older, we have to keep our flexibility and our balance and stuff, you know, sharp. If you want to keep doing this, my plan is have, you know, a good, long, healthy life doing the activities I like to do as long as possible. And that's going to be the, the, the challenge. And it's a lot of work, you know, it's like, I can't believe how much stuff I have to do just so that I can do these sports that I like to, you know, hmm. but I get up in the morning, stretch, do some breathing exercises, brush my teeth. And then, Usually I'm out the door, sir. I go surf and uh, try to surf for an hour in the morning. You know, just cool. I, I'm, I'm two miles from a really good surf break just down the street here. So surf for an hour, come home, have breakfast. And then uh, the bike shop opens now. I get I get here at 930, get the day going. Uh, if I don't have any tours that day and I have time, then I'd go mountain biking. I like I really like mountain biking or I, I still ride dirt bikes. I still ride mountain bike. I mean, motorcycles. And I really, you know, love it. I just don't have the time to do it like I, I would prefer. So the mountain bike, uh, there's a lot more people and a lot more places to go on the mountain bike than the dirt bike. So I do mountain biking and then uh, try to go home for lunch. Sometimes I live like within a mile from my bike store, which is kind of cool. I want, I ride one of those one wheels around the little electric one wheel. Nice. <laughs> and that thing, I, I tell you, it's helped my surfing and my balance. Wow. And you know, it, it's actually a bit of a workout. You when you're done, like my legs are on fire after I ride that thing for a couple miles. You know, mm, yeah, cool. it. like yeah, it looks like you're just kind of standing there and letting it do all the work. Right. But you actually have to engage yourself. So, and then it's it it actually helps me for my water sports. You know, foiling or surfing, any of the uh, windsurf, kite surf, all these other water sports that I do. Uh, riding that little one wheel thing kind of is nice. So I run home, have lunch, come back, and it's kind of a long day. I don't get out of here till 6 37 PM. You know, my wife is, I probably would stay here all night if my wife didn't call me, you know, <laughs> Hey honey, uh, dinner's ready. We are waiting on you. You know, yeah. so anyway, yeah, if I don't have a day, if I don't have anything, you know, just one total day all by myself, then probably go mountain biking, you know, or surf. Those are my two things I prefer to do. Yeah. I mean, my life is ride the road bike and I love it, but when I don't have, a, you know, a tour, I don't, I don't ride my road bike that much. So, hmm. yeah. 
I, I have been um, lucky enough to surf with Donnie um, and to ride with Donnie. And I'll share two things. One, as Donnie mentioned earlier, when he descends, it is no joke. He is one of the fastest uh, <laughs> descenders I've seen coming down Little Cottonwood. Nice. And surfing, uh, last time we went, Donnie challenged me to surf via stand-up paddleboard. And uh, that was a lot harder than uh, I expected. Donnie was pro, of course, and um, I did my best to watch Donnie um, <laughs> ride every single wave in perfectly. So yeah, that's fun. Um, uh, Stu, share with us um, your plans for Cycle to the Sun. And then, Donnie, oh, we want your feedback um, on the event. Well, okay. I mean, it, it's like everybody here, Donnie, and I'm sure you know, it's like the Mecca. It's like the pinnacle because we climb when we ride, we're just climbing. And so to put your feet in the sand, then stand on top of the volcano, everybody wants to do it. And I was super intrigued by Cycle to the Sun, um, like making it a race. Uh, so I've been over a few times, but like when it comes to you, when it comes to like this idea of climbing that volcano, I want to hear, I mean, if you, if me and Chip are like the dumbest cyclists you've ever met, like, what do you say to a guy? Like, what's the pep talk for going up this thing? So most people that, that come here that want to go up, I mean, it's on, almost on a daily basis, renting bikes from me. I do guided, you know, assisted rides up there too, but the people that want to go on their own, I just tell them, you know, make sure you're eating a lot, drinking a lot, and don't go out too hard, too early. The first third is the easiest of the ride. I kind of break it into thirds. First third from Paia at sea level to Kula, which is at about 3,200 feet. That's the easiest of the ride. And a lot of people burn too many matches early right through there. And then the middle section, the middle third is where the switchbacks are. And they're averaging 8%, you know, right there in the middle. And then they're toast. After that, they get to the you know entrance of the park, and they got a little bit of gas left. And usually at eight thousand feet is when they're on the side of the road, cramped up, laying down, you know, <laughs> in, the, in the sender, flopping around. And I've seen it. It's like over and over. It's like just keep put it on repeat. I'm like, it's like Groundhog Day here watching these people. So I really like if I ride with them, I can rein them in early on, and then they they're successful. And then people will make it. Generally, just might've taken them an hour longer than they thought, you know, just because mm. they had to stop so many times and recover, but, and then living on electrolytes. I live on those in little capsules of electrolytes. I'm not a big Gatorade or sports drink drinker. I, I prefer the, the take them through the, uh, the little endure lights or whatever type you like, whatever brand you like, but I like, I prefer that, that in water, but you just have to drink a lot. You lose a lot more here than you would think. Yeah. And I've had people that have never cramped, you know, they ride all over the world. They've been riding for years. They're like, I don't cramp, you know, I'm like, okay, we'll see today. And they cramp and it's so funny to see, you know, then I'll give them a couple of these electrolyte capsules and they're good to go. And they're like, just blown away by what was that stuff you gave me? You know, basically they're just not properly hydrated. So most people don't drink enough early on. I'm watching them too. If I'm riding with them, I'm like, Hey, when we get to 3,200 feet, those bottles should be dry where a lot of people, you know, maybe have been through half of one bottle. I'm like, okay, you're going to pay later, buddy, if, you know, caught up, you know, on your hydration. So 
fuel too. A lot of people don't like to eat while they ride. And I think it's important to kind of make yourself eat. And it, it, you know, what you like to eat is up to you. I, I, you know, we're all different. We all like different stuff and different stuff, you know, sits better or worse on your stomach. So I'm kind of minimal. I do a little bit of gels and maybe a bar too, or peanut butter and honey sandwich or something like that. But I don't try to eat a whole lot, but I keep fueling the whole time. And then that'll keep getting me up there. And, uh, and I've ridden with people from Florida, from Texas, from places, Louisiana, where I'm from that have no hills and they still can climb Haleakala. So mm. it's important. Like people will call me and say, Hey, what, what kind of prep should I do before I come to, to ride Haleakala? I'm like, you just need to do some long days in the saddle, you know? So it's more about five hour rides in the saddle than it is about doing hill repeats on some, you know, too long, two mile long climb you got in your neighborhood or whatever. So <laughs> that's the big thing. It's just be able to stay on the bike for that long and, and, you know, exert some, some effort. So nice. That's the main thing. I tell people it's very similar to doing like a century ride. That's kind of what I feel like when I'm done with the, with the Haleakala ride. It's like you did a hundred miler on the, you know, kind of maybe a rolling hundred miler. That's kind of what it, it feels like to me, you know, do you think the race will be back for 2023? I mean, I'm, we're, we're pushing it for this year, actually. So 2022, nice, nice yeah, June 25th is the cool. date. And I'm just waiting for confirmation from the National Park Service. So those nice. are the, that's always kind of my holdup is the National Park guys. Right. And the problem is every year or two, they replace their people with new people. So now I'm dealing with uh, whole new personnel up there. Nice. You know, maybe they haven't even seen the event before and they're, they just moved to the island. Now I have to, you know, go through the whole program with them and show them, you know, how it works. And, you know, it's it's been a really good event for the last 14 years I've been putting it on. Uh, we've had no problems, no incidents, uh, no accidents, nothing major uh, happening up there. And, you know, all the people that do it are stoked that, you know, it's very professionally run and you know the scoring timing everything that we do a really big party afterwards awards party everybody pretty much gets some, some good swag out of the event and you know it's a cool event for the island but uh the national park's always been my kind of thorn in my side if, if it was yeah the race ended at 6,500 feet it'd be easy to put on but yeah. dealing with the national park's a little bit more of a challenge so we're Is crossing it? our fingers nice. that i get an answer in the next week that it's it's a go because i got i mean basically it's almost full right now people that have rolled over from the last couple of years of cancellations and all the new people that are wanting to do it so nice yeah what about um do you take your tours back down do, they, do you guys ride down once you get to the tops so yeah basically i only support to the before the entrance of the national park there's no commercial businesses that can go into the park anymore mm -hmm. They cut that out about 10 years ago. They had a couple accidents with some of these companies that do the downhill, mm -hmm, you know, right. take you to top, drop you off, let you come down. Well, they had some, some, unfortunately, some fatalities. And so they cut all commercial businesses out inside the park. There's wow. a couple of issued permits too that, you know, bring them to the top, show them the top, but nobody's riding bicycles inside of there. Mm. And so I, I'll, I'll ride one with 65. And then I ride back down with, you know, whoever, some people want to keep going. Some people are ready to rip back down. And then most people are on their own from there to the top. So they do ride back down. Um, a couple of weeks ago though, I did have to go up and uh, 
rescue a few people that were so cold <laughs> that uh, they had <laughs> the, anyway so I, I had to go up and rescue I had a, a three people that had rented bikes from me and they went up there and they made it to the top and it was like we had a winter storm that came in probably three weeks ago and maybe mm. a month ago and I they, got trapped yeah. up, they got trapped up there and the park service guys actually called me and said hey can you come get these guys Wow. So when I got up there, they were all huddled up around inside of one of the, you know, park <laughs> ranger buildings, just frozen. And one of the ladies was like, I've never been so cold in my, in my life. And she was actually crying because she thought she was going to die. She was that cold. What? Right. This lady is a tough lady. Like she's done the Ram race across America. She's done a lot of double century rides. She was a really, wow. really good cyclist, really tough lady. And it was that cold up there. And so. I, I just warn people, I've had a, quite a few end up in the hospital with yeah. hypothermia that come from Alaska, come from Calgary, you know, from all these cold climates, but don't realize how much energy they burned on the way up there. And so when they come back down, their body just cannot keep them warm, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And That's not, what you told not me. Very hard. Yeah. So yeah. it is, it, it's brutal. I've done it before and raced down and got jumped in the shower for a half an hour and wide open hot, just trying to, you know, warm my extremities back <laughs> i know brutal yeah, yeah. Brutal. hey um donnie if i can share so we're going to transition a little bit into um some feedback from some of our midwellies that have mm -hmm. been there and have worked with you um yeah. and then into what uh everyone's anticipation is is that Hey, Chip, Stu, when is team camp going to be in Maui? And this is going to kind of lead us in into that. So uh, Dean Walker was recently over there. Um, he sent me this long text message, just kind of praising Donnie in the shop. And he said, and I, and we just want to share this with the team. Um, just wanted to give you my experience with Donnie and this trip. I have met him several times before and rented bikes from him previously, and he was always kind and helpful. This trip was different though. I arrived here and had some issues with my seat post clamp on my bike. He did his best to make it work and, and couldn't, we couldn't get it, that part fixed. That was his bike that he brought over. Fortunately, I had the option of getting a new part brought over from home with a niece. In the meantime, he got me set up on a good rental for a discounted price. He made sure it was in perfect order, took the measurements off my bike and made the appropriate adjustments. He also cleaned and lubed it before sending me out the door. And then we ran into him out on a ride at Lorraine's Banana Bread, um, which sounds awesome, by the way. Um, and he was there to ride with the group a little bit. Here's a picture with us and Donnie. So, um, it's just experience after experience that we're hearing back from our team members that are visiting Maui Cyclery, working with Donnie, getting the right setup, experiencing just the best days of the year on the bikes in Maui. Um, so Donnie, if the team was to say, hey, um, let's do a camp over there with you, we, we, could, we could actually make that a reality, it sounds like. Yeah, so I've been doing camps for probably the last 15 years, all different group levels from, you know, high-end pro guys to club teams like yours or, you know, and everything in between. 
between. So I just finished doing two camps with Chris Carmichael and his group. I've got two more camps coming up in the next couple of weeks with two other groups. So the camps are, it's a good idea. It's a, it's fun. Uh, we do a week long ride somewhere different every day. That's the nice thing with Maui. We have like so many different ride routes here. Uh, anything from, you know, rolling stuff to climbing all day long, as you, as you know, with Haleakala and everything in between and a lot of really good weather all year round and a lot of little microclimates. So it's interesting every day that we do these camps and I try to break it up and maybe do one water day in the middle. So maybe ride like three days, then take one day. We'll do, do like a ride to the beach. So we'll get like a recovery ride, maybe an hour, take them to do a water day, surf with them, take them on uh, ocean kayaks, uh, you know, that kind of thing, especially this time of year, the whales are on the Island here. The uh, humpback nice. whales come from like December through April. So if you're in that time zone, you get, you know, kind of a cool whale watch. Those things will come like right up to you on your stand up board or, or in a kayak. It's oh, kind of cool. cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And then back on the bike for another couple of days and usually try to end it with a Haleakala stinger at the end, you know, <laughs> so, uh, and, and it works out good. Like the last camp we did, I think we had 23 hours in the saddle and, you know, 350 miles. And I think 30,000 feet of climbing, something like that was Dang. we put in. And, you know, if, if you're prepared for that, it's great. If not, then we can always circumnavigate that. I can take you on shorter routes. We can break the group up, you know, so it's kind of covers all, all spectrums. And we even had a couple of people on, on E uh, pedal assist road bikes that kind of rode with the group that were, mm. wouldn't have been able to ride with us otherwise. So I do have some Pedarellos in my fleet with the, the E motor assist, cool. which cool. kind of helps. So, yeah, nice. but that's kind of the camps, you know, the camps are concentrated weeks. And then I have a chef that way hire for the group to, to cook every day. We have massage therapists after you're done with the rides and, wow. you know, so it's a, it's a full on, you know, like you're like, you're a pro for the week and, and you get to be in Maui. So, <laughs> cool. so yeah. good. You know, Donnie, you've met and been with a lot of like, I mean, you, you work all day with kind of the weird breed that is the cyclist. Um, when you look at like the people you admire, your mentors or the guys that you say, I, I want to be like him. Is there anything that stands out from like a life advice perspective that you, maybe you could share with us as we wrap up, um, whether it's balance or fitness or, uh, yeah, like you were saying earlier, taking care of your body. Is there anything like, uh, Donnie's rules for happy cyclist? <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, I, I need to, I need to actually put the, I, I, I do write these things down, but yeah, I, you know, because I get to ride with a, a big diverse group of people and a lot of them are healthy because they are cyclists, you know, that uh, it's kind of neat. I get to share my knowledge from all these people. I'm like a little hub here. They're flying mm -hmm. in, they're riding with me from all over. And, and so, yeah, I, I'm teaching them stuff. They're teaching me stuff. And some of the things I, I share with a lot of people are the books that I, I read uh, and the books I read are mostly about health and nutrition mm. and uh, the, the more modern stuff that, that uh, is coming into play now because of the technology that we have today. So these doctors and, and health professionals have a lot more information on our health and so it can help us be healthier people, you know? So I share a lot of those books I just finished my fourth book on breathing techniques and I've been for the last like five years, 
find in different books about breathing and the techniques and then rereading them. And that's been my biggest health uh, increase. And then uh, last, during COVID, I had a doctor here, Dr. Mark Hyman from, he's from the East Coast and he's written about 18 books himself on functional medicine. And so I got to ride with that, that guy quite a bit and spent a lot of time with him. So he was a real good, you know, big influence on me. Um, Laird Hamilton was probably one of the bigger influences when I first moved to the island. He was already here and doing his thing. And I don't know if you know who that guy is, but you bet. he's super healthy. You know, he's all about nutrition and working out and staying fit. So he's prepared for whatever comes uh, at him, you know, from surfing big waves to crazy thing was I'd go ride with a guy. I think we rode uh, once or twice together and then Andy Hampson and Ryder Hedge all were on the island. They want to do an East Maui loop. So an East Maui loop is we go around the eastern part of the island. It's 110 miles, almost 11,000 feet of climbing. And I called Laird. I said, hey, you want to go with us? He's like, sure, man, I'll go with you. The guy hadn't ridden a bike for probably a year. He hopped on his bike and pulled it off, you know, wow. just because he's so such a fit guy, you know, so he was able to ride with two of the best cyclists in the world. And I, I'm just sitting there watching this whole thing unfold in front of me. All he had was coconut water bananas for the next uh, six hours or whatever, eight hours. Probably rode barefoot too. He's probably, uh, you know, he didn't have, he had no shirt on. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was, he did have cycling shoes and a helmet, but yeah, it was fun. But anyway, so I get to ride with people like that, uh, that inspire me. And I try to pass on information to them that I learned from other people, you know, so and that's kind of constantly what I do on my rides. It's like the whole time we're riding, I'm kind of sharing what I, my knowledge with them and they're sharing their knowledge with me. And, you know, you really get to build a, a good bond with these people and you hope, hope that, you know, the stuff you're teaching them, you know, just keeps filtering out to the people that, that they hang out with and ride with. So it's, cool. it's pretty inspiring. I, I've, I'm stoked that I get, you know, to do this and I'm fortunate that all the people that come here on vacation that, I built these relationships with uh, Chris and Heidi there in, uh, in Salt Lake. They're like, you know, I feel like they're part of my family. So mm. we love coming there. Um, I, I was coming there almost every year for a while until COVID. So I haven't been for a while. My wife and my daughter were there in June of last year for about a week. And I was kind of bumming I missed it because you guys have some great riding in Salt Lake for sure. Yeah, we got to take you on the new Cascade Springs climb. Yeah, um, I'd love I, yeah, you guys have some tough stuff and I suffer with the elevation over there. That's <laughs> Heidi and Chris can just crush me over there. I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> I just never see, I'm never there long enough to really get used to the elevation. You know, I'm there for four or five days and it's like, yeah. I'm just dying on, you know, mill Creek or big Mount or what is it? A big cottonwood, little cottonwood yeah. immigration, all those great climbs you guys have. Yeah. They all kick my butt, but uh, <laughs> I love it. I can see how, you know, the guys from Salt Lake, when, when I get clients in and I hear that's where they're from, I know they're generally prepared for climbing, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Very cool. And I, and I, I was, last time I was there, just so surprising. It was like in the summer and just doing a ride up immigration, how many people were on bicycles, mm -hmm. you know, it was really cool to see that your, your town is, you know, kind of embracing the bike and how many people are embracing the bike for fitness and health. So, yeah, true. So true. Thanks, Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're you, welcome. Danny. Well, as we um, um, start to wrap up, um, 
Donnie, we appreciate all the help um, service that you provide to the to the team. And um, it sounds like, Stu, that we've got some future opportunities out there that um, 100%. we're going to be um, sharing here in the next little while. So, And by opportunities, we're, Donnie's going to start grooming me and you for when he retires. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Someone's got to take over that shop. If there's any guys you know that want to come hang out and work, I can always use good help and especially guides on my tours. Yeah. Uh, over the years, I've had quite a few and all of them are really good. But what happens is you can't, you, there's no racing here. And if you're a racer and you want to come train in the winter months, then I'll put you to work. But then when the spring comes, they usually disappear to go race again, you know, and then I lose that, that person. So uh, right now I got a currently have a pro triathlete that's working for me and amazing guy. I'm just uh, kind of bummed. He's here till May and then he's going to be racing the rest of the year. But, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, if, if there's any guys out there in Salt Lake that want to come work in a shop or do tours or both, I'm always open and I'll try to help them find a place to stay and, you know, show them the Maui lifestyle for however nice. long you want to be, you know? Yeah. yeah so. so good. Yeah. And if any of your guys want to come out, you know, just rent a bike and go on their own, I'll, I'll lay them out on, you know, a nice ride route, put them on a nice bike. If they want to do a tour with me, that's all the better. I, I really prefer riding with people, but if they just want to be solo, go on their own, that's, that's fine too. So, yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks, Donnie. Donnie. Thanks so much, man. You're welcome. Donnie's got to run work starting over there. Yes. Yes. See you. Great day. <laughs>